0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wei and Kathy Show, and I'm your host Wei Fang. And uh, today we'll be talking about a few things. First is the federal gas tax uh, exemption. What that happen and what's behind that? And, uh, well, the midterm election just uh, in the four states was over uh, the day before, and then we have a particular issue, a particular battle, primary battle, between a young lady of a forty-year-old versus a pretty well-known conservative rep- representative, and his name is Moam Brooks. And well, what is the story there? And the third one has to do with the you know the title that I put in in the thumbnail uh, on the on the photo of the Today's Show, which has to do with what are the five part decision that the Supreme Court face in its remaining time, which is literally under you know within two weeks. Okay, so if you like our show, please uh, click the like and uh, making sure you stay subscribed and helping in you know, the algorithm, okay, propagate this show to more people. All right, as I said, uh, told you before, Kathy's still on the road, she's moving, so today we'll be waving along, you know, and re- reporting to you the, the news that we think is uh, worthy for you to know. Okay, first, the national average uh, gasoline price climbed over $5, okay, per gallon. Uh, at one point last week, that was you know, a record-breaking thing. But hey, for people like us in California or New York, five dollars nothing. Well, you know we have reached seven dollars, even eight dollars, sometimes nine dollars. So President Joe Biden expect to call on the Congress to suspend the federal gas tax for the first three months, in order to con- combat the rapid rise in the fuel price, especially in the driving season of the summer. And Biden will also ask state governments to suspend their state gas tax in order to provide some relief to the public, Okay, according to the White House. As you know, on a federal level, um, they, the federal tax on the gas is about 18 cents per gallon, while the federal tax on the di- uh, diesel stands at 24 cents per gallon. All right, and then the money was collected and uh, for road construction. Okay, that's indeed the purpose there. And then now, uh, with the rapid rise of the gas price, the administration is more worried about uh, the, the the sentiment of the of the people, and uh, they also ask refineries refineries to do more to lower the price and uh, not to take make a big profit there. Anyway, now the but experts said the refineries are even more constrained now. So the supply is uh, nearly fully inelastic. Okay, most of the 18 cents uh, reduction could be pocketed by the industry, by the refineries, or by the gas station. So maybe only a few cents would pass on to the consumers. So like on the state level, let's talk about state level. State level uh, taxes. Uh, collect 20 cents per gallon on the um, on the gas tax, and New York's 29 cents. California, just guess how much? 51 cents. All right. So at this time, Biden pretty much attributed the gas hike, gas price hike, to the Russian war in Ukraine, and uh, that is uh, how to say it, top the reason. The second one, he call out the oil and the gas companies and uh, saying that they are not doing enough. To bring down the cost and accuse them of profit, profiting off the war, so that incurs some response right away. The Chevron CEO Mike Worth today wrote a, uh, I'm sorry, yesterday, wrote an open letter to Biden, and he said your administration has largely sought, sought to criticize and at times vilify our industry. He said you should stop criticizing the oil and the gas industry and call. And he, he said he called for a change in the approach by the White House, okay? And Biden was saying that somebody's sensitive. I didn't expect they respond so quickly. But anyway, that's the exchange that's happening. And as you know, as gas price, you know, rise above $5, what, what good would they like 18 cents do? especially, you know, the f- refinery along the way and the gas station, they could they could pocket them so it's just a very little change and uh in terms of what's the real cure for the gas price which is actually the um triggering factor for all the general price hike the inflation we'll uh, we already talk about that so we're not it again but i just want to share with you that uh, biden's point of view and actually as a matter of fact nancy pelosi did not respond so the congress uh, the house is not taking his ball and is set on the schedule and set the schedule on that. No, there's no response. All right. Anyway, that's um, that's what happened to the, uh, to the Biden in terms of how to deal with the inflation, okay? Actually, earlier they did admit that, that there's not much to do, all right? And this is gas, federal gas tax exemption. if Even if it happened, it's not much to do either. Okay, talking about the Tuesday uh, election, And uh, primary, I'm sorry, but the primary. There's uh, one particular primary battle between, uh, in the state of Alabama, that's worth talking about. So Alabama's uh, senior, okay, Senator Richard Shelby, and uh, is about to retire, okay? Consider Alabama is a red state, is a very red state. And, uh, you know, the primary winner from the GOP, chances are, will become the next senator succeeding Richard Sherby and then the, what are the two contenders one is the, a young lady Katie Britt okay um, she was born in 1982 so she's a 40 year old and if he, she were to win the you know win this uh, primary and then the general election in November she will become the youngest youngest female senators in the US Senate and, and it looks like that will be on the, on, on the uh, will be the case okay? However, so before the election and uh, last year, uh, former president Trump and endorsed uh, Ms. His, her opponent, whose name is Mo Brooks. You probably remember the name. He was pretty strong after the 2020 election in those two you know few turbulent months and uh, he, he stood by Trump's side and uh, supported him and it seems they are a very strong ally. okay indeed, Trump initially endorsed him. And uh, Mo Brooks is also a founding member of the Fre- Freedom Caucus in the House. And then, however, in the August, okay, in the in late March, Trump issued a statement saying that the staff, um, saying that um, uh, Mo Brooks made some speech in the August of 2021, saying that uh, uh, Republicans should not... Um, pay more attention to the 2020 election and should move on. And uh Brooks himself said, "Now it's time to focus on the 2022 and the 2020, uh, 2024." And uh, so he was. And he, he spoke those in the Trump rally. And uh, well, I don't know how you think about his word. Um, even it seems. It, this is basically what he had in mind, but he was really booed, booed by the audience. And Trump issued a statement in late March saying that his staff has outstandingly convinced Mowbrook to stop talking about the 2020 election, and he followed their advice. So Trump said, since you changed your direction, and I will do so too. So Trump rescinded his uh, endorsement of uh, Mo Brooks in March, and then in May he turned and endorsed his opponent Katie Brett. And now who is Katie Brett? Okay, you know because she is she would seems to be by very big chance she will become the youngest senators, female senators in the U.S. Senate. So I think it's worth a few minutes. So actually. She after she graduated from college in 20 um, 2004, she joined the Senator Sherby's team and become her deputy press secretary. And a few and just one year later, he become the you know the press secretary. So after altogether three years, she left, went to private business, also become a special assistant of the president of the University of of Alabama. All right, so her experience is quite rich, and as then later she. Uh, she came back went back to help uh, Senator Richard Shelby uh, to win his re-election. And then in 2016, she became the chief of staff for Senator Shelby. And then later, she became the CEO of the business council of Alabama, Okay, the first female CEO of that business council. So he supported Trump's uh, agenda very much. So Trump called him a fearless American first warrior. All right. So because of that, um, you know, then the brush with Brooke, uh, Trump endorsed uh, Katie Britt, and she in one she won the primary, um, the, the, the primary final, okay, on Tuesday. So and she won won big, so quite a bit, but by big margin. So we'll see this young lady, Chancellor Saur will be moved on to the U.S. Senate. We'll see what she will be doing. That's we can pay attention to that. Okay, now let's talk about uh, the Supreme Court, the five, I say, the five tests or five hard decisions Supreme Court uh, is facing. Actually, with only uh, less than two weeks you know, in, in remaining in this session, the, well, the justice will be going home and you know, close the session. The next one will be in October, all right? So there are 18 cases on the table waiting to be ruled upon, and among them, five are five are especially difficult or controversial or worth talking about. Okay, of course, among the five, if we, I ask you, you know, guess what are they? You probably would would figure out the Dobbs versus uh, Jackson, the Mississippi case, the ruling of which most likely would upend the Roe v. Wade okay, in 1973. So let's put that aside. What are the other four? All right. So let's talk about in the state of uh, Washington, okay, to the west of uh, Seattle, and then there's a small town called uh, Bremerton, Bremerton, okay. Uh, at the Bremerton High School, there's a football coach. His name is Joseph Kennedy. All right. So after the, each game or the training, he would recite recited the post-game prayers at the 50-yard line. All right, then he's been just doing that. And uh, however, at a certain point, an opposing coach brought this to the principal's attention. And then later, uh, Bremerton School District told uh, Coach Kennedy to stop doing that. And he did, all right, he stopped, only temporarily. Then later, he notified the school that he would resume the practice. So that no, the, the, how to say it, the, the conflict or the controversy caught a lot of uh, media attention, even national media attention. Then, because he insisted on doing that, so he he lost his job. So he sued the Brenton School District, and the lawsuit went all the way to the Supreme Court, and then his basis is his First Amendment right to freedom of speech and free exercise of the religion is violated. And how did the um, Bremerton School District defend itself? They also cited um, the First Amendment and uh, that a prayer for a public school employee run afoul of the First Amendment's establishment clause. What is the establishment clause? As, the, as we know that the First Amendment, okay, have two provisions concerning religion. Okay, the the text, original text is say, saying that the federal government shall make no law, okay, to establish a religion or to um, forbidden, forbidden the free practice of religion. That's essentially the thing. So the first part is the established establishment clause. The second half is called the free exercise clause. So establishment basically means the government, government um, body and uh, cannot establish religion, okay? And uh, the second one is we, that we all understand, the free exercise. So Kennedy, <clears throat> actually, let me tell tell, about, tell you about what, what happened on, the, on the, in the game field. He initially began the practice of reciting a post-game prayer for himself, by himself. But eventually students you know, began to join him, and according to the court uh, documents, this later evolved into a motivational speech that included religious themes, all right? And the attorney said there's no evidence of coercion in this record. So, okay. So it seems that both sides, they have their own reasonings. Um, the coach said that he has his freedom to you know, practice the religion that he believed in. And the school district said, uh, you know, the school as an employee, he cannot establish a religion by doing that. So, how would the Supreme Court rule? Let's guess. All right. So, before we um, you know, talk about the answer, let's roll back the clock to 1992. All right. So, in that very year, for those of you who are long enough around, <laughs> around it was the major first major school prayer case decided by the then Supreme Court. Okay. The, the case is called the Lee versus Wiseman. Lee versus Wiseman, okay? And the ruling held that the school may not sponsor um, clerics to conduct even non-denominational, uh, demonin- yeah, denominational prayer. All right? Because then there's a series of uh, rulings against the, the prayer at school. So basically they cited the separation of state and the church. And now, since then on, you know, the Bible in school, prayer in classroom, or on the sports field become minefield like this one. So it's a very difficult thing for a Christian to practice his belief, you know, at or near or around the school, okay, because of those uh, 1992 ruling. So you would say that uh, for Joseph Kennedy, would he have any chance to win? So before we answer that, let's talk about something happened on Monday again. Okay, Monday. So on that day, the Supreme Court ruled six to three, okay? On, I'm not sorry, I'm sorry, not on Monday on Tuesday. that a Maine tuition assistant program violated the First Amendment's free exercise clause for excluding religious school from eligibility. okay? So basically, Maine has this uh, you know state uh, sponsored tuition assistant program. So if a particular student, you know, live in the for- in remote area, cannot have access to the public school, and he chose to go to private school. This program was subsidized, you know, but as long as the funding is not used for religious or sectarian, sectarian teaching, all right? So, okay, so that program, that program was, you know, people you know took it to the court and they brought that all the way to the Supreme Court. And uh, on Tuesday, Supreme Court ruled, and here's the ruling, okay, Um, Justice John Roberts wrote in the court's opinion. He said the main non-sectarian requirement for its otherwise generally available tuition assistance payment violates the free exercise clause of the First Amendment, all right? So it's a ruling saying that uh, the school is wrong, okay? And even it's used for religious or sectarian teaching, and um, that they should they should not discriminate against religion. Uh, even two years ago, okay, in the state of Montana, there's another case which is uh, you know just like a church, how does a church institution whether they can receive state funding? Okay, in that case, it's not about religious teaching. Okay, it's just. Uh, Religious institution whether they can receive um, state funding and the ruling at that time by the same court also said yes. Okay, so you see in the most recent there's this uh, um, different ruling, the ruling that's quite different from the 1992 Lee versus uh, Wiseman. All right, so looking at today, so how would the Supreme Court rule in the next one week or two on the Joseph, uh, yeah, on the Joseph Kennedy case? Yeah, what do you think? So yesterday in my Chinese show, I talked about this. What's the meaning of the separation of uh, church and state? I just very briefly said it here, and uh, and see whether you agree with me. Okay, <clears throat> the church, the separation of church of uh, school is after. Okay, the founding fathers. Okay, they realized that um, um, if the state <clears throat> is bound to a religion, and then, you know. The power of the state would push that religion and force everyone to go their way. And if they don't, they may face persecution. And the running away persecution is you know, where, is why the main flower, you know, the main flower people just came to this uh, new continent because they, they do want to run away from the religious persecution. So because of that reason, in the First Amendment, they wrote this established, um, establishment clause The meaning of which is, the government cannot force, establish, or force a particular religion upon the people. Okay, but does not, it does not mean at all the government cannot support or advocate the religion. As a matter of fact, all the founding fathers they are they are Christians, and they they time and again they said they said religion, and belief, is the founding um is the founding rock of the. Of the Republic of the United States of America. So, actually, earlier, and now these days, if you like, a, how to say, can you just borrow a courtroom, a room of the court's building as a, how to say, a book reading, the Christian book reading session, you probably won't, won't be able to do that. But in early days, that was a common practice. Because for the Christian gathering events, you know, it's, it's hard to find a place, and the court is often empty at night or during the weekend. So, actually, you know, the judges lend their court to the, um, to the church-going people and that's what's com- quite common. actually the founding father or the constitutional writers, they encourage and advocate religion. They just say that the government shall not shall not bind with a particular religion and push it that way and then and force everybody uh, along with it. That's what they are trying to guard against. They are not saying that the public school, the court, the government body should stay very far, far, far away from religion or belief, right? So that's really a misreading of the Constitution and the First Amendment. So but nowadays, this is what happened. They they basically, the how to say, the defense, the, the, the Brent, Bremerton School District is saying that uh, this this coach having everybody you know pray with him, and uh, somebody probably will be afraid to speak out. He doesn't want to pray, <clears throat> uh, but he's <clears throat> but he's afraid that he may lose his score if he doesn't follow along. Just because of that, uh, how to say unsubstantiated worry or concern, and then um, this uh, coach was uh, evicted from the school. Is that fair? But this is a common practice. Okay, I talked to you about the, how the you know America communism work. It's similar to how it work in China, but in different format. They really take advantage, uh, take advantage of people's kindness. All right. So because you are sympathetic to the, to a poor kid, who may you know dare not to bring this up. I don't want to pray. Okay, I'm not a Christian. Okay. And uh, just out of that uh, sympathy, that kindness, then they go to the extreme and abolish the entire prayer, you know, pray, pray activity, pray, you know, thing in the school. Okay. Same thing for the reason of somebody will feel uncomfortable, and uh, they have to let transgender people to go to girls' restroom because if somebody don't feel comfortable. Um, there shall be, you know. We should allow the same same-sex ma- marriage, and because somebody doesn't feel comfortable, then we should allow marijuana or, or the other, you know, drug drug injection and the things like that. Because we're gonna, the, because the, you know, the criminal, the young criminal will feel uncomfortable, so we need to be lenient lenient with them, so on and so forth. Okay, in the name of doing good, in the name of being kind, they basically just uh, subvert all the tradition that we have, all the rule we have that we live by. Including moral values. So yeah, this is the same thing, and that very how to say that that uh, excuse that sympathy, okay, quote unquote sympathy is the same thing that uh, communist China, okay, used back in the 1940s, 1930 and 1940s. They said the fun, you know, the the, the the landlord are really evil people. They mistreat farmers. So you are wronged, okay. You are persecuted. You need revolt you need to have uprising. You need to fight and take their property. And how many cases of those landlords are just systemat- systematically, um, how to say vicious or cruel with their farmers? They cannot even find any. So they make, some, make up something, make up cases. And then they just threw their propaganda machine, they push it around and push it into every corner of China and creating that kind of hatred. And that hatred is the fuel for them to build their army, build their following, build their troops to assert usurp the, the power of China. That's how China f- fell. So similar situation here, okay? Um, so we shall be very, very vigilant, in my opinion. And when we see things like this, let's hope that the Supreme Court would have a, you know, have a, make a good ruling and continue from what they did. On Tuesday, and what they did two years ago, and it maybe eventually go back to the 1992 ruling, the Lee versus, uh, uh, Wiseman case. All right. So there are you know three other cases, big decisions, and uh, I don't have enough time to, to go over them. We, we can do that at next time. But as you as I said, just within ten days, these five major decisions, including the one of the Dubs and uh, versus Jackson, right, uh, in, uh, of Mississippi, that ruling. Could just up and uh, rove weight. So the whole country is holding its breath on that. All right. So that's all for tonight. And thank you very much for staying with Wei and Kathy will be joining Wei a few days later. And uh, I wish you have a very good rest of the night. And I will see you again on on Friday. On Friday, yes. Thank you very much. Take care.